This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Welcome back to the How She Did That podcast. Today in our mini coaching session, we're tackling the question, what do you do when things don't go quite as planned? Meet Tamsin Perry, an online business manager supporting entrepreneurs in building healthy and profitable online businesses through systems, automations, and team management. Tamsin submitted her question after trying to go the agency route and having it not go quite as planned. I think the principles in this coaching session today can be applied to any situation where you're left asking yourself, can this really work? So let's go chat with Tamsin. Hey, Tamsin, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to chat with you and you have a great question that you submitted and I think it's going to be super helpful to our audience. So can you start by introducing yourself? Yes. So my name's Tamsin Perry. I became certified in January of 2020 and did my certification with Sarah NoKid. So started off, I had one client that I inherited from my previous position, my previous job, which was um, I was the general manager of a digital agency. So that's kind of my background operations team and, you know, had my child in 2017 and was clear that I didn't want to go back to work. So I started project managing for the company I was general manager for and slowly kind of built up and was very fortunate with networking to meet up with another OBM who had an agency. And so very quickly when COVID started, I thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? And Mm -hmm. it just, it really did explode. And, you know, within like three months I was full. So that was really, really exciting. So I've had a real great experience, not only working with a lot of clients, but also having different experiences with clients, managing a lot of clients. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really, really great year. And I I really have loved being an OBM and kind of discovering what that is and finding my own way into it. So yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And congratulations Mm. on on such fast growth. That's really, really cool. It's a testament to your skill set and the fact that you know what you're doing. So that's great. (laughs) So I would love to know, can you let us know, let our audience know what your question was? I don't know whether it was my skill set and it was kind of word of mouth. I mean, I think there's so many OBMs that have so much experience and it is kind of hard to break in and get clients, but I'm sure you have different experiences from that. But I was just really lucky for networking and that's really what I did, mm-hmm. just getting out there and helping people as much as I could. So my question really was about that. So I partnered with a lady who had previously tried to build her own agency. And when I met her, she was actually introduced to me from Sarah Nokid as an Australian looking for support in Australia. And so she had had her experience of what didn't work in building an agency. And we thought that we'd be able to do it differently. And her approach was really about getting me on board and then getting me front facing with the client pretty much straight out the bat. And it was literally like that. She was eight months pregnant. She had mm-hmm. another OBM that was managing her clients well. 
And I came in and I started managing a client. And I don't know if it worked well or it didn't work well. He only stayed with us for three months, the three-month initial contract. So I wasn't sure, but then I moved into another client and another client. Very quickly, I was full. It was working very well for us. And then we continued to get on board clients. So I would take the sales call. I would do the strategy session. And then we were looking to get OBMs to come in and do what I did, which was basically mm-hmm. step forward and be front-facing. We had a few people that we tried that didn't really work. Then we tried partnering with OBMs that didn't really work. So then we basically stopped doing that. So mm-hmm. I, we're just managing the clients that we've got. We've tried to perhaps sell VIPs and things like that, and we haven't really done anything else. So that's mm-hmm. that's my question. It's like, how do you scale? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? So in terms of when you say like it didn't really work, what part of it wasn't working? Because it sounds like it was working like just when you were partnering with her and you continued to do that. Okay. So in terms of what didn't work when you started bringing other OBMs on, like what didn't feel good, what wasn't a good fit, that sort of thing. I think one of the things that I'm naturally quite good at is the client facing stuff and just being able to kind of wrangle clients. And I think there was a bit of an expectation that what I was able to do, that every other OBM would be able to do that. So I don't think we had a good enough training pathway and it just worked with me. So I thought we would only really be able to test it once we got another OBM. And we just struggled mainly because the communication with the client, we weren't that involved in it. So when we started getting feedback from the OBM that they weren't you know, able to make progress and the client was difficult and things like that. It was really difficult to kind of figure out what was going on and how Mm -hmm. to kind of inject ourselves without getting involved in that. So I don't know if there was a way to be more of a mentor first. Right. So I think it was just throwing people in at the deep end. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of that. So the way that we do it at the Launch Guild is anytime we have a new OBM or any type of team member is we kind of want to partner with them first in terms of, yes, we want them to lead and lead the conversations and stuff like that with the client because it's really hard for us to be the first point of contact and then that client to bond with us and then say, okay, now we're going to strip that bond and now you're going to be with this other person. So we want that OBM to create that bond with the client, to really have that communication with the client. But we also want to be there in terms of kind of being a safety net and being able to be a little bit in the background and say like, if I was in your situation, here's what I'd say in the, you know, in this, or it seems like client so-and-so is having issues with this. Let's try, or why don't you try X, Y, Z, or we've seen that X, Y, Z works. So we're not really client facing or forward facing in terms of always being the one to answer in Slack or, you know, email or something like that. But we're there so that we can start seeing kind of the cracks sooner rather than later so that we can address the problem sooner rather than later, right? And I think it's a matter of understanding that every OBM, every person is going to kind of come with a different toolbox and a different skill set. And you kind of address that that's what you saw that you expected or thought that every person would, would communicate with a client, you know, the same way that you do, but you found that not to be the case. And I think that that is the case in terms of We need to set the expectations for like what we expect this to look like, how often we expect the OBM to be communicating, you know, with the client in what ways and everything and give them kind of like the boundaries, but then allow them to fill out the rest themselves and to be themselves in it. So I think it's a matter of definitely the mentoring piece. That's something that is huge and hugely important. And anytime I haven't done a really good job of that, that's when we've had, you know, either a client that we thought was happy and all of a sudden is upset. And we're like, we have no idea what happened, you know, because we weren't looking and we weren't 
doing our job in terms of looking for those clues. I'd also love to know what was your hiring process like? Like what were the steps that they took? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've got, no, I've, well, I've got two um, questions and that, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that exactly yeah. was what I was going to say. But one of the questions I had was in terms of your mentoring, because I do feel that that is also where we totally fell down mm-hmm. because of what happened. I ended up taking on one client too many because we committed thinking we were going to hand the client to the other OBM. So I ended up being really, really full. So the time that I had expected like an hour a week for mentoring didn't happen. So do you have like a formal mentoring, like an hour a week? Yeah. So when they first come on, we, Jayla Ray, who's my director of operations, she meets with them probably a couple times a week for like 30 minutes, you know, a time. And then we'll touch base with them like in Slack or, you know, however you communicate in between. She touches base with them in Slack a couple times a week just to make sure like, hey, how are things going? Are you okay? What do you need? You know, and also making sure that they understand, for example, at the end of every week on a Friday, we send status reports to the clients. So just making sure that they understand what's supposed to be in those status reports. The other thing that we do in terms of the mentoring piece is for the first month or so, or until we feel like they really have a knack for it and have an understanding of how things go, we ask them to BCC Jayla Ray on like those status reports, on emails to clients and those sorts of things so that she can kind of catch those things sooner rather than later. But I definitely think that you also pointed out something else, that the fact that when you are building an agency, you have to have the space in order to be able to mentor your team members. And so I always suggest to people, I don't even know how many months or, you know, I would say for like up to like six months to a year, you personally should be at like 80% capacity so that you have that 20% to give to your team. Or the other option is to hire that team lead sooner rather than later. That is that person that the team can go to for their questions. That is that person that's checking with your team. So you can do it either way, but there really needs to be the opportunity for them to have that mentorship consistently. Thank you. So to answer the question about the recruitment, it wasn't very structured in any way. Mm -hmm. So it was really just conversations that we had, I think on a couple of your podcasts or blogs I've read of yours, when you said, you know, hire before, like we didn't Mm -hmm. do that. We were selling before we even had the people, you know? Yeah. And you know, this is all a learning process. So everything that I'm telling you now is because I've done it the wrong way (laughs) and I've been like, crap, you know, (laughs) and then had to like pivot and, and change course. And, you know, we've had unhappy clients because of it before. Like it's okay to make mistakes and to realize, oh, I made a mistake and now I get to do it the right way. Or now I have more information. I'm able to make a better decision this time. I think when it comes to hiring, definitely the proactive versus the reactive hiring, which is what I talk about a lot, really looking at what your goals for growth are three, six, 12 months out and be hiring like up to a quarter before you know that you're going to hit that next level of growth so that by the time that client is actually there, that person is fully integrated and enveloped into your team already, understands the boundaries, understands how things work on your team, how you do project plans, all of those pieces, right? So having the time to really be able to educate them and get them all on board is going to be really important. And then in terms of the hiring process, I go through kind of like a three-step hiring process. So the first and the second step are both applications. That first application is just kind of a once-over for like skill set, for time zone, like all of those important things, uh, but it doesn't really go deep. 
that second application is where the magic happens. And what I mean by that is that second application is asking them some open-ended questions about how they handle conflict, how they manage projects, what's their thought process behind communication, those sorts of things. And some of the questions that I ask are taken specifically from experiences that I've had in the past, both positive and negative. So I think in terms of, okay, what do I want this answer to be? And how can I ask a question that leads to knowing, you know, if that's going to be the case? For example, one of my questions is like, tell me about a time that you had a negative client experience or that you had conflict, you know, and how did you solve that? Like, what was the problem and what was the solution? And the reason that I ask that is because I look for solution-driven team members. And so if a team member says something like, well, I've never had a problem with a client. I'm like, you know, first of all, BS, either that or you've never had a client. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so both of them are wrong answer. I want to see that they take ownership of like, what was their piece that they basically deconstructed it, understood what the client's fault was, what was their fault and how did it get resolved in a way that they both felt good about, you know, even if it was that they left that client relationship. Um, same thing with like questions around how they manage projects and, and those sorts of things. So I'm really asking to kind of deepen the questions and deepen the understanding of would they be a good fit for our team. And then the last thing that I ask on that one is for a two minute video to introduce themselves. Because if your team is going to be client facing, you need to know that you have team members who are personable, who are going to be people, people to an extent that like your clients are going to enjoy talking to them and they're going to want to get on Zoom calls and stuff. Because a lot of times if it's not a personality fit in some ways, it's still not going to be a great fit, even if they have all the skill set. You know, we want to see that our team members have that entire package with them. And then the last piece, the third round is actually the interview process where we get on a Zoom call. I know that when I didn't have that process, I would go through the first application and be like, oh, they know Kartra. Awesome. You're hired, you know? <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, but you know, they, they're all of these things. They don't have turnaround times that make sense for me or their communication is lacking or something of that sense. So I think it's just a matter of really, you know, deepening and slowing down in terms of the whole thing. I think what I'm hearing is that you guys had a lot of great success and you went really far, really fast. And part of that is amazing. You've shown that you can do it and that you can get clients, right? So you validated your services and your product and, and your path forward. And now it's time to take a step back and say, okay, let's hire one OBM and let's take the next three months, get that OBM mentored and everything, feel how it goes, feel out like the things that don't feel good and work on fixing those. And then we hire another OBM and we do the same thing, right? So slowing down the entire process, I think is going to be super helpful for you. Thank you. And do you hire them as a full-time person on your team or do you just do it on a contract basis? Yeah, we just do it on a contract basis. And that's super helpful, especially in the, the start of it, because if you want to do that proactive hiring, of course, you don't want to be paying for somebody who isn't making, you know, making you money off of whatever client or whatever. So that means we're able to kind of onboard them slowly. You know, it could be an hour and uh, two hours a week until that first client comes. Yes, it's an expense on the front end, but it's not an exorbitant expense by any means. Yeah. Any other questions? How does that feel? Um, 
I still feel a little gun shy, I'll be honest. It, it is interesting. And the lady that was actually contracting for her, she's actually niching into a specific area. So she's moving away from the traditional OBMing. And I'm sort of like not sure whether to continue or again, also find something to niche. I mean, the challenge that I have is just varied variety because I'm a real generalist. So mm-hmm. I'm doing like accounts and, you know, the most intricate active campaign and then, mm-hmm. you know, payroll in a day's work, you know, a huge transition from a virtual assistant agency in the Philippines to going direct, you know, these huge different things. I'm a little tired of learning new things um, and I do love it. That's (laughs) the part that I really like, but there's a part of me that really would love to find my niche and specialize more in in some area, whether it's OBMing or something else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to agency, having a niche is even more important when it comes to owning an agency because you're able to put in those specific processes and create templates for things in a way that you're not when it's basically you're doing everything in every system. Everything's different for every client. So there's really no continuity in that. But I think that's one of the reasons that we niche down to, you know, launch management specifically, because now we're able to really create a customer journey that is basically the same for every single customer. You know, it's just customized a little bit for them and their situation. But what I would say about you being gun shy, totally, totally get it. I think that anytime we have a negative experience, our ego tries to protect us after that and says, you know, there's this little voice in the back of our head saying, remember when you tried that before and it didn't work, right? But just remember that your past does not have to be your future, right? Mm -hmm. We can choose to wake up tomorrow and do things different. And because of doing those things different, we can create different outcomes for our future. And so I don't want you to cut yourself off from what could be something super duper amazing because it just didn't work in the past. See what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, it's good. it reminds me of my goal or my dream when I started, which was not long ago. It was like a year and a half ago. The niche that I love is that there's so many people giving advice and not enough people helping people with the mm-hmm. implementation. And that was what drove me. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to have an agency. And that's how I always saw it. But then obviously doing it was a whole different thing. So thank you for that. You know, I'll just kind of tap back into that. My, my business is called The Doing Company, you know, because I really yeah. wanted to help people with the doing, mm-hmm. not just the talking. So I do. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here. And thank you for opening up and sharing your, your struggle. I think it's going to be helpful for other people too. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to meet you. (laughs) You too. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to TashaBooth.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You're doing a great job.